Hey friends, it's your girl Britt and Joy Jolene. Welcome to Back to Her. If you aspire to heal, evolve, or revolutionize, this podcast is for you. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on Instagram at official back to her. And that too is the number two. Let's get it. Okay, we are so excited to be back here with you guys during our Back to Black series during Black History Month. With us today, we have a special guest, Ms. Tassine Muhammad, who is a founding member of Tendaya Family and co-founder of The Fruit Creamery. Tendaya Family is a grassroots organization in Baltimore City that organizes impoverished communities economically, mentally, physically, and morally. The Fruit Creamery, a 100% plant-based smoothie business, is one of the first social enterprises in Tendaya, which seeks to provide economic opportunities to young people in Baltimore City. Tassine is a graduate of Morgan State University with a bachelor's in nutrition science. She takes a special interest in Black women's health and its correlation to femininity and womanhood in general. She hosts a sister's dinner every Wednesday for Black women with a core focus on womanhood. She currently works at Baltimore City Health Department as a nutrition educator. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. So we have Tassine here. Thank Give you her for welcome. having me. Yes, we're so excited to have you. Yes, so we're just going to jump right into it. Okay. All right, so I guess as a start, you can just tell us about yourself and some of your involvement in the black community. Okay, wow. So I will start with 2015. 2015 was when I experienced one of the most extreme transformations in my life. Um. This was during the time I was at Morgan, and I was just really confused, really lost, really lonely. I was questioning my identity, who I was as a black person, who I was as a black woman. Um, I was angry at the conditions that I seen in the cities in America, specifically in Baltimore, wanting to do something but not knowing how, what, or where, who I can get involved in to go about it. I was just really irritated, really bitter. I was like any other college student at the same time, wanting a relationship, wanting a boyfriend, questioning my femininity, questioning how I'm supposed to move and walk and be a woman, and at the same time dealing with all the chaos around me. Mm-hmm. Um, this was also 2015, the Baltimore Up Riots. So I felt as if me and Baltimore was in this kind of love struggle, going through the same things, wanting to be heard, wanting for people to look at us, see us, get us the resources and things that we need to do it, but also enraged that we're not being heard, that we're not being listened to, that we're not being focused on to actually do it. So it was like a big chaos in this moment, 2015. And so I met Tendaya and I joined Tendaya and the process was just so extreme that it made me realize that some of the things that I had developed, habits, attitudes, thoughts, that just wasn't conducive to bettering the community. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of things that I had to just stop. I couldn't do. And it was a struggle for me. So one of the things that I really did was look at women that was just as passionate as me. And as anybody who know me, know that one of my favorite um, people in history is Sister Soldier. So mm-hmm. I started reading her and she was such a beautiful voice that really articulated 
what we needed to do as a people. I mean, she wrote beautifully, spoke beautifully. She was just powerful. And I was like, and one of the things she emphasized was organization. So I was like, okay, I know I have to join this organization. I know organizing is because organizing brings people together in a real way and it it pushes people to work together and but it you also holding people accountable and y'all moving together at the same time. So I knew I had to join in. And as I started reading more Sister Soldier, watching Sister Soldier and joining this organization and detoxing for all the thoughts, behaviors that I was doing, smoking, drinking, the casual sex, the pessimism, like all of the things that I was doing at the time, I started reading more. So then I started looking at other women that was a part of organizations. So I started looking at the Asada Shakur's, Angela Davis, Ella Baker's, Fannie Lou Hamer, Ida B. Wells. And I was like, okay, you know, these are all the women that was doing exactly what I want to do. And at the same time, I'm still like trying to see how that merges with relationships and how how that looks. So I started looking at the Coretta Scott Kings, the Betty Shabazz, and then I started doing this series called Black Women Wednesdays. And that was when I did this series of showing black women who are role models and who can you can use as a tool to build your standard of womanhood on. I started doing no court, no cards as like a highlight to say, this is what we should be doing. This is what we shouldn't be doing. These are the things that are conducive to building a self-esteem, to getting into the work that will better our community. And that led me to do um, the sisters dinner that I do today, which is a dinner that focuses uh, emphasis on womanhood. And it's every Wednesday from 530 to 8. Mm-hmm. And so that moment from 2015 led me up to this and really, really shaped my identity and what I'm supposed to be doing as a black woman that wants to see a better Baltimore. Mm, I love that. Mm. Um, do you want to tell us um, where the, or tell our listeners rather where your dinner is if in case they want to okay. come? Yeah. So right mm-hmm. now we used to go to different black owned restaurants around Baltimore city and host a dinner, but now it's officially at the UB Blake center mm. um, on Howard street. And so it was every single Wednesday from five thirty to 8 PM everybody is welcome to come as long as you are a black woman specifically for black women for Mm -hmm. us to engage and talk and dialect and just deal seriously unfiltered with what we go through day to day as Mm. black women so so quick question um everything that you said makes me want to know more about your cultural upbringing can you tell us a little bit about that okay well i was born in philly you know mom and dad was married at one point in time my dad was always in and out of um, jobs, so we moved to Atlanta. I've been there for 10 years. My mom grew up in a background Hebrew Israelite. My dad heavily in Christianity, but they met in a mosque. So I had so many different religious backgrounds in my family, but my dad and my mom joined the Nation of Islam, and that's how I got the name Muhammad. And yeah, their relationship didn't ultimately work out, but I grew up since I have a background in the nation of Islam, knowing that we need to be better as black people, mm-hmm. you know, listening to minister was for constantly on a day to day. Um, and hearing him talk and hearing him preach and hearing a black man who resonate power like that made me like, there's no way I can look myself in the mirror and not do something regardless of what religion I consider myself mm-hmm. as a black person in general, mm-hmm. I have to do something because it's crazy out here. People are dying. People are depressed. Our relationships aren't working. Our children are suffering. Mm-hmm. I have to get involved some way, shape, or form. So that's how my background was. I was always constantly, not necessarily I had to be in a mosque, but I was listening to somebody. So I grew up watching Minnesota was Farrakhan. I grew up listening to um, the 
Dr. Francis Christ Wilson's. So I was heavily involved in knowing black people that wanted better for black people. Mm. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I feel like I want to talk a little bit more about the transitions that you went to. So like specifically, um, how you were talking about just wanting love and feeling like you needed love and that whole thing. Cause I think that's a lot of, a lot of us as women right. we deal with that. And then also it seems like that was a big transition as far as having a parent on the Christian side and having a parent, you know, on the other side as well. And like what that transition looked like for you and how did it shape like what you believe in? So can we get into that? Yeah. So my mom and my dad both were Muslim by the time they had children. Okay. So, my dad was the one that was heavily involved in a religion. My mom was, she was Muslim, but it wasn't that she was as invested and thorough as my father was. Mm-hmm. Neither one of them pushed a religion on each other. Mm-hmm. They met in the mosque. It's just so happened that my dad was more so. He was the one that really, really wanted all of his children to take on the faith. And, you know, okay. Um, he was a minister in the mosque. And my mom, she was doing her part and taking care of us. And mm-hmm. she was more so like, I'm all three religions. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, just believing the golden rule of treat everybody how they want to be treated. Mm-hmm. So she didn't necessarily force religion on us. Mm-hmm. And so I thought growing up that that was going to be my, I took what my mom and my dad taught me and I developed my own sense of who I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself a, Christian, Muslim, or um, Hebrew, Israelite, but I do know that my faith, I do believe in a creator. I do know that my faith lies and I would do anything for the benefit of black people. You know? Um, My belief comes from a cultural basis of, let's say, pan-Africanism that no matter where you are as a black person, we are all one people and we all need to work together if we want to see a better day. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to focus on all the many differences Mm -hmm. of like I'm from the continent or I'm African-American or I'm from the Caribbean. We all have a, a, a cultural, uh, historical experience mm. of racism that we need to deal with. And mm-hmm. then once we conquer that, you know, I feel like all of us would get better psychologically. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> like, I agree with everything you're saying. And I think one thing that I've personally struggled with, because I'm in a space in my life right now where, you know, I've grown up and I've identified as a Christian. Um, I love God. Like, I know there's mm-hmm. a, you know, a higher power that lives within us. Right. Um, you know, like you said, like a creator of the earth and things of that nature. Um, but I think that, you know, for 23 years of my life, I was, you know, brought as a Christian. Like, yeah. I was kind of born into it. And I'm not saying that I have anything against Christianity because at the end of the day, it shaped my identity right. and who I am. Um, but I think that I'm in a space now where I'm trying to um, be a Christian because I want to be a Christian and mm, not because right. I was born this way. You know, and with kind of being in that space, it makes you want to or is making me want to explore other things like the Nation of Islam right. or, you know, Hinduism, whatever it is. Like, there right. are different religions that are out there. Um, and, you know, particularly right now, like, you know, I'm reading the Bible. Or I'm connecting in a Christian manner because that's what's closest to me and what I know and what helps me. Yeah. Um, but I think one thing that I've kind of, like, struggled with, and I want you to just clarify to help me get a better yeah. understanding, um, as far as, like, the Nation of Islam, what I have saw like mm-hmm. so far um it seems like there's a lot of work and like a lot of focus on mm-hmm. the black community and which i love but at the same time one thing that i struggle with is like you know i want to love i want the black 
like our community is very important and before we can you know go out and fix it where we have to fix our community but mm-hmm. i feel like it's not well i don't hear it that's why i want you to clarify mm-hmm. for me um people talk enough about okay so what about you know the white people who are in the world that are actually doing good or the chinese people or the arabs or all these other different cultures like does it then does the nation of islam kind of count those people out or like how does that work like what you mean count them out like like, like i like, talk about the people that the people from different ethnicities that are quote unquote good people yeah can they come into the nation of islam yeah. or be a part of yeah. the nation of islam i think one of the core focus of the nation of islam is getting black people and to a different economic power base Mm -hmm. um so one of the things that we have to get control over is owning our own businesses owning our own schools owning our own destiny um so we can't really do that when we have another person's hand in it and they may have not a not a correct accurate view of how we get there Mm -hmm. and the resources may be swayed in different ways Mm -hmm. so I think that in order for us to get to a better place, we have to actually control what place that is. Mm-hmm. And so it's not out of a disrespect or a hatred of another group. It's just that, for example, if I want to own my own house, I literally have to do it. I can't say that I'm going to get my mom to come in and pay for it because ultimately she will dictate and can control what goes on in terms of my household. Mm-hmm. So I think that black people need to get in a space where they own the control themselves their Mm -hmm. own culture their own view of what they want to teach their children in their schools and how they want to run their business and hire black people and how they want to dress inside their own businesses Mm -hmm. you know because otherwise working for them they can dictate how we dress what we wear what holidays we're all for Mm -hmm. their cultural context is involved in all that so what the nation is and with a lot of other black power groups is saying that just like the asians just like the Arabs, just like all these other groups, we can come together and do the same things. And it's not to exclude, it's just to basically be like, we have to do this for us. Yeah, and I think another perspective, for example, um, I know a lot of people in different cultures are just in the Islamic religion altogether. So um, when I went to Egypt, maybe about a few weeks ago, I actually was asking them because um, our tour guide was Muslim. So he was like, you know, he's like, you know, I've been born a Muslim all my life. We pray five times a day. This is what it is. And in Egypt, on the loudspeakers, you hear, um, I'm not sure who it was, but it's somebody praying mm-hmm. in Arabic. And so um, I asked him, I was like, do you guys know the Nation of Islam? Mm-hmm. And he's like, um, wait, what? And he was so confused. He didn't know what I was talking about. And what he just said was, um, I mean, within the Muslim cu- culture, there's a whole bunch there's a different, I guess you can say it's various like yeah. subgroups like that, yeah. that practice. Is that what it's called? I guess you can, I don't know if it's technically called denominations, mm-hmm. but he says it's different subgroups all around the mm. world. Yeah. And so, um, so he's like, yeah, but he couldn't really elaborate on the nation of Islam. Yeah, the, a lot of people don't consider the nation of Islam as real Muslims, mm-hmm. but the nation mm-hmm. of Islam it yeah. came out of. A situation for black people mm. yeah. you know and different groups that may um, be more Ar- like the Sunnis and Shias are more Arab mm. Muslims and they would consider that traditional yeah um, but the Nation of Islam came about to bring black power back to mm. black people mm. and that concept and relating it to Islam was com- it's foreign because mm. it's like well how can you be 
Muslim and you're only doing this for black, it, it gets kind of confusing. Yeah. yeah, I think it's why a lot of black people that are pro black don't consider themselves like the nation but don't want to be in the nation because they're Islamic. And then you got some Muslims that's like, I'm not going to be Muslim because you're only catering to black people. Mm. But with the nation of Islam, they their philosophy mm. and their belief is that black people are are and at their core Muslims mm. and we need to get our power back by adopting that type of um belief. Mm. So um it's completely different how the Sunnis and Shiites are their foundation is set up, but I think the nation of Islam really at its core is just focused on getting black people to a better state mm-hmm. even though they have a Islamic religion. Yeah. You know? So do you feel like they're doing that? I do. I mean we cannot think and give honor enough to the nation of Islam for what they did in history. Right. I mean, they brought so many black men up on their feet. A lot of it was through prisons, but just a lot of it was through the work they did in drug addiction and getting black people yeah. jobs and building black families together, getting black men to feel confident in themselves. What Minister Farrakhan did with the Million Man March, it was just so many things they did. They got schools, they got farms, they have um, grocery stores. They put black people on the map. Yeah. I mean, there's no black leader that can give honor to the Nation of Islam for what they did. I you know, agree. so there would be no Malcolm X without the Nation of Islam. There would be no Black Panther Party without Malcolm X. So mm-hmm. that lineage goes all the way down to what the nation contributes, contributes so much. And even if, let's say, the impact is not necessarily the same as today it still did a lot for where we are now. Yeah. So. I love that. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. I definitely agree. I would argue that that's one of the best and most effective, I don't want to call them um, an organization, but groups of black people that have led our people very, very far and yeah. still are. Yeah. I would definitely say that. Yeah. Besides them and the, the UNIA, with, starting yeah. with Marcus Garvey. Yeah. yeah. Like any... Any black organization that takes black people to another level yes. economically mm-hmm. yes. does a great service to our people, especially yes. getting black men to the point where they feel like they have a purpose and can yes. execute that mm-hmm. and don't have to feel like they have to just go out through the world working for somebody else and feeling like they can't really exude and express mm-hmm. what they want to do in life. Right. And I feel like that's the reason why our relationships don't really come together is because black men economically aren't getting the results they want mm. so girl okay. yes and i know in the beginning you kind of so let's kind of backtrack a little bit mm. in the beginning you were talking about just that transition you were going yeah. through so um can you tell us about what that looked like kind of from the space that you were in before to the space you're in now and the things that you learned and all of that good stuff in between well one of the things that i like i said i had to stop drinking i was drinking every day i was smoking every day I was having casual sex. I was really in a bad space in terms of how I viewed myself Mm -hmm. because I was having these relationships with people that made me view myself negatively, Mm -hmm. that made me view them negatively. Mm -hmm. And I'm having this, this tangle or like this emotional struggle with how I view men. Is it based on my sexual relationships Mm -hmm. and how I judge them and, who can please me or is it based on 
you know, how much money do they have? It was a whole bunch of different things that I was going through along with every time I felt down and out, I would turn to drugs basically Mm. to fill this void to make me feel like, okay, let me just live in this moment of pleasure, Mm. you know? So basically the organization kind of put me in a space where I had to take responsibility for my actions and to deal with it so I can be better for other people. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't be able to sit here today if I was still had some of the social illnesses, diseases that I had, Mm. you know? And so I became a lot more serious. I came a lot more disciplined and concerned with the well-being, not only myself, but how it's translated in my relationships with my friends um, and then any future relationship that I'm going to have, and even with my family life, I had to just become more cognizant of what I was doing mm. and how that was being portrayed, mm. you know? So a lot of that came in like the form of fasting and ridding myself of different things and just taking time out to study, read, research, and give sacrifice all that I needed to sacrifice in order to be better. Mm-hmm. So yeah. a lot of women, especially black women in our age group, right. struggle with that. I know me, yeah. myself, as well. I mean, I don't smoke, but I drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, especially with being consumed by what's being distracted mm-hmm. by what's going on in the world. Yeah. And, like, um, I know a lot of people may also struggle with casual sex. That's a thing yeah, that's yeah. just so normalized Ooh, now. Let's talk about it. Yeah, it's so normalized now. So I know for you, it was... Um, how you transitioned was yeah. reading and but how can you say for our listeners out there just for women in general that yeah. are our age that are you know young black women how do you do that what what else is what else is to it besides you know saying okay I'm gonna make this decision and I'm gonna read and I'm gonna you know just stop here what else is internally did you do well okay I will start by one of the problems that a lot of black women face today is we're insecure because we don't have positive images of ourselves. We're uh, overworked. Yeah. You know, we have this independent mindset on top of the fact that we don't have men to kind of help with that workload. We work in two, three jobs. We're stressed out. We're frustrated. And it's hard for us to combat all that, you know, positively and confidently because we have so many things on our plate of being overworked and single and insecure and dealing with all these things and not doing it and basically not being sane at the same time so i think and we're being disrespected you know Mm -hmm. like we're constantly being disrespected in the media tvs radio the music within our relationship so we are a disrespected demeaned overworked Mm -hmm. insecure group Because of all these things, we develop these habits that turn our character backwards, our morality backwards. We don't now know what's right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And as women, as black women, one of the responsibilities that we have is being basically the moral influence of a people. You know, that's how when somebody walk into your house, you're like, you know, you need a woman. You know what I mean? When you look at somebody's child, you're like, where the women at? Because we're kind of like the, the light, the moral light. But now... We have developed certain habits that make us think the wrong is the norm mm-hmm. or like the same, you know? So we're always, every other word now is a cuss word. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's normal for us women now. We gossiping. That's normal. I get together and we're friends based off 
the fact that I don't like her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're gossipy, we're chatty. You know what I mean? We, like I said, we're drinking, we're smoking, we got mm. this casual sex behavior. All the things that may be backwards is now the norm. So our morality is backwards. Mm. And that's one of the things due to how we are looked at and treated in society. So I get that. So our character is backwards. And our beauty standards is just twisted now. So we have mm. we are on opposite ends of the spectrum. So one instance, we're adopting all the European standards of beauty. Mm. And on the other instance, we're throwing a baby out with the bathwater and we don't have any beauty standards at all. Mm-hmm. So we don't have that responsibility to ourselves also. So we're still feeding ourselves insecurity, you know. Mm. And then... On top of that, when we get into relationships, we already come into it like we don't need a man. Mm. You already come into it like, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. and ho- yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So we have these habits where it's not conducive to healing. So the process that I would recommend when somebody is really, really trying to become a better woman is basically like I did. I, you have to be honest with yourself and look at what habits are you doing that mm. you need to stop. Yeah, you know that's one thing (laughs) (laughs) so that's one thing and then you and then to get your character back your morality back in you have to develop some type of spiritual base and whatever you believe in you have to do it because the world the society has too strong of a hold on you for you to come back down on your own yeah you know in order for you to build that womanly intuition because Mm -hmm. sometimes people think their intuition is good but it's really all the things that they're going through and it's like you shouldn't probably be listening to that but in order for your moral compass your intuition Mm -hmm. to be accurate you have to build some type of spiritual base and women we are that we are the most the moral compass so you have to build that intuition that that um that guy that's going to tell you that's going to protect you from what femininity kind of represents which is vulnerability openness yeah. gentleness you know what yeah. i mean surrenderness yeah. which we should be but with the protection of that intuition you right. know what i mean oh with the God. protection of that that spiritual mm-hmm. foundation that's going to give us all the answers that we need right. so i would say get rid of all your habits develop a good spiritual good spiritual foundation and start to forgive yourself mm. you know that's a big and, one and once you once you develop that spiritual base Whatever higher power you believe in, whatever creator you believe in, that and your ancestors is going to forgive you. You know what I mean? They're waiting for you to be better anyway. Yeah. And then the next step is for you to forgive yourself and then to allow others to forgive you and then for you to forgive others. Mm -hmm. And I feel like once that forgiveness becomes full circle, you can begin that Mm self-love, you know, self-love of getting back to your true beauty getting back to that real character mm. you know what i mean and developing that personality where your sexual sexuality and your sensuality and personality becomes yes. healthy yeah you know what i mean and it's not something that becomes just perverted twisted mm. type of habit that you do to fill voids yes so oh my God. you're a yeah. music girl and like literally everything you said kind of reminds me of the space that i'm in and it's just like an inspiration for me to continue to do the work that i'm doing because right. as you were saying about insecurities you know i do have a lot of insecurities and i realized that my insecurities come from my childhood right. you know and it's nothing that i necessarily did to bring on to myself but it's ways that my mom talked to me some things that my mom didn't say to me that i needed her to say um um, just simple things. The other day I was at my grandma's house and I had found a whole bunch of baby pictures of myself. Yeah. And, and not baby pictures. I was probably about 10. Every single 
picture I found my hair was a mess mm-hmm. you get what I mean my mom never taught me the importance of going outside and making sure that you looked okay so when I would go outside or when I got to the age where okay my mom never taught me how to do my hair I don't know how to do my hair so I'm going outside I'm looking a mess now people are teasing me now because of everything they're saying about me now I feel about myself now I'm 23 basically years old and I'm I'm struggling between this beautiful woman that I know I am versus everything that everybody has said about me that I've attached to myself versus, okay, or or taking on, am I the bad bitch that society tells me that I am? You get what I mean? So that's one sector of it. Then, you know, not having my dad. I never... You know, I think I'm starting to get in a space where I'm realizing the importance of having a home. Like, yeah. actually having a home. Not just having mom and dad, just having a home, having a family. Yeah, you know, sure. my mom and my dad was separated. So, for my dad, he brought a million and one women around me, which he should have never did. So, that made me, it made it very hard for me to receive the love from my mom because right. it was... Oh, dang, I like that about her. Why my mom don't have that? Or, dang, right. I wish she was my mom. Oh, um, daddy, when we going to go to Miss Iris' house? Or right. when we going to go to Miss Kathy's house? You know, and taking all of these other women's personalities and identity. And when I'm supposed to really be looking up to my mom as, like, my creator and my, you know, the woman that I'm taking on, it's a struggle. Like, right. so that and then not, you know, not really even seeing. So seeing my dad be that way and have a million another one woman in, around and not loving on my mom, I never saw what it looked like for a man to actually love a woman you know so now i find myself in all these healthy unhealthy relationships and it's just a whole bunch of things that has shaped me to the woman that i am today and it really is a struggle trying to break off of those things and create the life for yourself that you want and i'm in a space now where you know it's really hard and and my therapist tells me all the time that healing is a process it's a journey it's not a destination it's not something where you stop and be like okay you're healed you get what Mm -hmm. i mean and but i have got to the point where i understand that i have a lot of broken mindsets Mm -hmm. about myself the way i feel about other people it's very hard for me to trust other people so sometimes it's hard for me to trust myself i don't believe that people love me so it's hard for me to love people you know all of these broken habits that I know within the next few years God willing you know I'll be a mother and I'll produce life and I don't want to make this cycle make it a cycle you know what I mean because hypothetically everything that I'm experiencing right now is because my mom didn't have you know what I mean looking at my grandma I love my grandma to death but I can just tell the lack of that my mom had you know what I mean and my mom did amazing for what it is that she could do but then now it has trembled onto me and it I say all the time it's going to stop with me like my kids are not going to experience this you know what I mean my kids are not going to have to feel like they need a man but also be okay to submit to a man you know what I mean and I I have been I listen to podcasts and sermons all day long and um one thing that I've been hearing a lot about is about submission kind of like you were talking about and they were talking about how women have a a issue with submitting to men because they have submitted to the wrong men you know yeah. submitted to men that don't care about them that yeah. care less about themselves so ultimately it's our job as a woman to um submit yourself to a man and like mm-hmm. kind of dipping back into the christianity thing like it says like women submit to your husband and then it says for the man to lay your life down as christ did so it's a job on both ends you get what mm-hmm. i mean but we're not really taught that or feel confident in that so it shows in the relationships that we have right now which are all unhealthy yeah i mean i don't want to say all because there are people who have right. healthy relationships and i'm really trying to stop generalizing things and kind of just call it for what it is right but it's a it's a cycle that has 
has to be broken and yeah. you know and I feel like it starts with conversations like this and and the biggest thing for me is making sure that this is a constant conversation yeah. and that's why we started this podcast because yes. we can have this one pocket one topic right now but if we don't revisit this conversation right. or go read another book or go listen to another podcast it's just going to keep going like yeah. and the unfortunate part about it is it's not just one two three who've experienced it it's majority of women in the yeah. world the yeah. world yeah. the nation like yeah that's my spill and the sad part is a <laughs> lot of people can't point to a woman that have been in a relationship and still is in a relationship for 50 years for six years that's scary it is scary because the new wave now is to be independent mm-hmm. of a man you know i love my mom and she have been my role model for so long but she was what you she would be what you consider a strong independent woman mm-hmm. you know my man my, my mom and dad got divorced when i was eight years old um, my dad was in and out of jobs. My mom was more so the breadwinner. She had two jobs. She was raising us. And I I loved her for that. And I looked up to her for that. And she had a lot of good qualities. But one of the things I lacked, like you were saying growing up, was I didn't have somebody to show me what it means to be a woman. I saw somebody that was, you know, ambitious, hustling, doing whatever she had to do to provide. But I didn't have anybody to teach me about what it means to be a woman and how I'm supposed to look and dress and how I'm supposed to prepare for a relationship and how I'm supposed to respond to the natural things that's happening to me mm. when I'm mature. Even touchy subjects like hygiene, touchy subjects like sexuality and what's mm. appropriate growing up and maturing and how I'm supposed to express myself and move and act and what's too sexy and what's the line of freaky and what's, you know what I mean? You, you probably should be like, you know, wear something cute and not be too baggy and it's like some women and a lot of us grow up getting too extremes because it's like we never found that healthy balance Mm. to be real whole feminine women and i feel like as black women our femininity has been robbed Mm. from us you know we wasn't we didn't moms grandmoms all of us haven't really been able to express real femininity because either we have been in relationships that have made us work Mm. and working in general to provide for a family when a man that's supposed to be sort of a man's responsibility can kind of make a woman stressed out Mm. frustrated lose her sense of appeal and beauty and Mm. femininity and want to just ignore life in general Mm. and we aren't taught to value um motherhood and being a being at home and taking care of the children a lot of women now are putting career let's say over family because we feel as though women being in the home is looked down upon weak and they don't need to be there so they make women feel that are ambitious to do that like maybe this is the wrong thing to seek because mm-hmm. i should be out you know me doing things and experiencing things so they make women feel that want to have children and stay at home like this is not really what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't feel powerful. I don't get glory doing that. Mm. You know what I mean? So they can, we have these standards that make men and women on the same level and compare them. When we are two different people, we have two yeah. different things and two sets of values that make us whole, you mm. know? So I feel like we lose ourselves in these things and our femininity becomes a, 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 a type of way to measure ourselves up to masculinity. Mm. It's like, no, masculinity has value and purpose and so does femininity. And mm. we don't have to kind of, you know, combine them to look the same and feel the same. And they're different. You yeah. know, you need the yin and the yang, mm. you know. So I love that. And then yeah. another thing is everybody has masculine and feminine right. energy. 
And so I know my upbringing here in y'all's mine is a little different. Mm-hmm. So I had my father, mm-hmm. you know, in my life who was kind of like he played that role of telling me kind of how to be a woman okay. or how to, you know, certain things with to do because my mom was always out working. Mm. Um, my dad, he was on disability when he was, I don't know what age he okay. fell off of building a 17 foot wow. building so he's been on disability his whole life after that point um so my mom would be the one out working and so for example when I came on my period yeah. my dad was like okay you're gonna have to use a pad this mm-hmm. is yeah. what your mom used she yeah. uses this um this is how you put the pad on yeah and he was like um when your mom washes up this is what she does you know mm. sometimes she'll do this to wash up but this is exactly where she washes up and mm. this is how she does it mm-hmm. and so I'm like okay okay so my I had that different yeah. perspective from mm. my father yeah and I think that's why I was so much of a daddy's girl because he taught me everything yeah even when it not I wouldn't say everything my mom definitely taught me a lot my mom was more so which I think a lot of black moms are mm-hmm. the more hard up like yeah you ain't gonna do this you ain't Cover up. Stop wearing them shorts mm-hmm, outside. Yeah. Stop trying to run up. That was my mom. She had that tough love that mm-hmm. was like, I want you to be better. And so, you know, and yeah. then, but now I see that it's transition. She has more of a softened love because she's like, okay, look what, you know, my daughter has grown up to be so mm-hmm. far. Yeah. But, um, and then another thing I would say with love, like my first relationship was in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was in high school. It was my first actual relationship that lasted like three and a half years. And my mm. dad would give me advice on that. Like he was like, you know, with this certain person, he's good for you. He's going to treat you right. Yeah. And this is how he should treat you. If he's not treating you like this, then you don't need to be with him. And so, um, you know, that was kind of my upbringing where I learned a lot from my dad. Yeah. I, and I think that's why I have more masculine energy. Mm-hmm. If I could say it and call it on myself, I think I have more masculine energy than feminine because I watched and observed and I learned and I took in so much from my father Mm -hmm. and I think when I think about it I'm like man that's like just thinking about women not being able to have that really breaks my heart because that played such an intricate um like role in my life and that was so important for me to have that male figure so that I felt that love from a man and I felt that love that I know I'm supposed to feel that's why in past relationships dudes would be like oh you want this fantasy you want this this and that ain't nobody and I'm like okay I ain't get I get nobody's perfect but I know how the love should feel Mm -hmm. right the love shouldn't hurt Mm. The love shouldn't make me feel like I got to fight every other day and I got to mm. argue with you every other That's yeah. not how love should feel. Right. But imagine a woman who never had that. Yeah. Mm. She's like, well, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel right. exactly, mm. but I know you're just supposed to treat me right. Mm-hmm. And so. And like, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. So what is that? that? Yeah. yeah that's, I think that's powerful. Yeah. Yes. And, that's, and that's good. I think that when you have both parents that can be there in however way, that's a plus. I think what we're growing up now is seeing that black children are growing up with one or the other yeah. and it's going to be an imbalance mm-hmm. you know what I mean and so as women because we are let's say feminine dominant because mm-hmm. we have estrogen mm-hmm. and men are masculine dominant because they have the testosterone yeah. our femininity should be in a way that's developed mm-hmm. appropriately mm-hmm. you know because sometimes when you don't have the mom or a, a dad that's going to direct you to show you what men should be looking at you and how they should be treating you is going to express his way in things that would be what the people would consider a animalistic nature mm-hmm. and not like a healthy whole human way mm-hmm. because we all going to have um when we mature feelings of sexuality and um sensuality and how we should relate to the opposite sex and mm-hmm. things of that nature um but the where parent, good parenting comes up is 
how does that look right. in a healthy way without yeah. it being destructive to one another? Right. So in our relationships now, we have a lot of immaturity. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of lack of commitment mm-hmm. and people who don't understand, you know, what it means to be, a, let's say, a man or a woman. And then along with the economic issues in the world, mm-hmm. that creates disaster. Mm-hmm. So you don't have a relationship where I'm a woman and this is a man and he have male figures that can kind of guide and develop him in a relationship if he's going through hard times with mm. me. And I don't have women around me that can kind of say, okay, this is normal. Mm-hmm. This is what you should do and not do. We just have a relationship, two people, immature, coming mm. together from broken homes already and yeah. then trying to figure it out. And then that's what makes the children that they bear yeah. develop all these social diseases that we see mm-hmm. that's not... Well, anti-social habits that's not um, cohesive to building, not even relationships, just simple friendships. You know, if I'm trying to be your friend, it's like wherever you go, now you see women like, well, I don't be friends with women or I can't deal with women today. Mm, You know what I mean? I don't have a lot of female friends. They carry, they this, they that. Or I don't deal with men. I do them like they do me. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So we have all these different things that's like making us not unified, so disconnected. And we create defenses and it's just like, this is how I'm going to be. This is how I'm going to teach my daughter how to be. Because this is how I had to survive. Right. Like, I grew up being taught, don't trust no man. Don't take mm. anything from no man. You don't need no man. All this stuff. And I'm like, hey, I get it. But I actually want a relationship. So I need to know that, yeah, maybe I shouldn't fall for every guy that comes my way. But when I do meet the Mr. Right, how do I develop a healthy relationship with him? Because Everything is not going to be easy selling. There's going to be ups and downs. But how do I have a mentor that's going to work and guide me through that and not right. be like, well, leave at the crack of a dime. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because, and that's what we tell people. As soon as your homework call you and he did this and you know mm. she's trying to vent or she knows she's trying. Girl, look. Right. <laughs> leave. You know, you know yeah. what I'm going to tell you. You know what I mean? Right. Because I got so-and-so ready for you. Right. It's like, dang, I'm just trying to get some like a healthy ear so yeah. I can work through this. Right. And it's like you even have elders and like the the older women telling you like, Well, I'm pro divorce. I got divorced. Mm-hmm. Look. I look, divorce was the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, well that's what I gotta look forward Is to. There any you, hope? Know? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you even have men on the opposite end telling other men the same thing and even yeah. as a rice of passion that however women however many right. women is on you right. that's like you're doing it yeah. so we have all this this culture this right. weird rice of passion culture that develop us into womanhood you know what i right. mean like one of the things that i hear women that have had children and they're not currently with the father is like well their rice of passion is bearing these children by themselves and they did it on their own so now they can pat themselves on the back and mm. it's like yeah I'm, that's more power to you that you had children and you're doing everything possible but now it's sort of like yo you basically should carry that out to other women like we did it you can do it and it's yeah, not yeah. any type of way to say let's see how we can bend this relationship with yeah. the guy you're with so that you don't have to do this mm-hmm. because even though i did it right it's not the best way mm-hmm. it shouldn't be the norm it shouldn't be the the way you should want to go anyway right. you know so and that's the same with guys going into prison it's like a rice of patches like if you go to prison that, that's sort of how you get your stripes and it's like yeah people have been to prison but it shouldn't be the thing to do it shouldn't yeah. be like the goal to work your way into manhood mm-hmm. you know if we are going to have healthy ways of developing ourselves into men and women mm-hmm. it should be a healthy way of rites of passage right. not this trauma filled 
mm-hmm. you know, a right. psychological, which mm-hmm. like traumatizing way. Mm-hmm. That's 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 not good at all. Right. You know? I agree. Yo, and it's so funny how you were saying, just kind of like if you're in a relationship and you're struggling, then you call your friend and your friend's like, "Girl, leave him." And I think that's why it's so important to have friends that have these conversations. You yeah. know what I mean? So that way, when I call you and I'm trying to vent, you're not like, "Oh no, bitch, leave his ass alone." Right. You're like, "Okay, sis, let's unpack this." And you can actually give me advice, you know. And one thing that, like you've talked about, people have these self-made um identities and the reality yeah. is we were never called to just be alone we were never called to do life together if you think about people people need villages they need groups to fill themselves so it's important to kind of take that and fill your circle with people who can give you healthy advice give you advice that's not trauma filled you know and that's yeah. why like for example i have amazing friends but just one friend that um i'll shout out specifically is my friend bria we have conversations like this all the time like sis we need to break this mindset that we have or we need to go read this book so that way we can get out of this mindset so that way when i call you you're actually giving me healthy and genuine advice and not giving me advice from a standpoint of your own trauma right, or your yeah. own insecurities you know yeah. what i mean so that's one thing that I really truly value about our friendship. Like we're personally unpacking everything that we have experienced in our life so that way we can be better as individuals, be better as friends. And also one thing about us, I feel like we understand our influence and the platforms that we have. So as we gain this knowledge, as we gain this information to spread it out, because it's not just about, you know, me and my girls, we have this information. We the best. Yeah, that's it. You know, we need to get this information and spread it out to other women. So the cycle can end so it can yeah. become this is how women are not just oh yeah her her little group of friends they smart right. they wise because i feel like that's how it is some people get to a point where they gain all this information and they gain all of this knowledge and their wisdom and they just stay to their little clique you know what i mean and and what does that mean for us as women what does that mean for us as a community so y'all gonna do good right. and the rest of us right. is just gonna sit around and fail and that's why you know one thing about me that i'm grateful for like i understand the influence that i have i understand the platform i have so it's always a motivation for myself like I gotta get the right information I have to accumulate the right wisdom I have to heal like I can't function and carry myself in a broken way or out of bad habits or right. traumatized right. ways because if I do it right. all the women that look up to me are going to carry themselves as right. way, that way and right. then the women that look up to them the, the cycle will never stop it will never right. end you get what I mean yeah and that's why I started the sisters dinner because I mm. knew that just doing a black woman Wednesdays wasn't enough just doing a no cards wasn't enough I had to pull women together yeah. so that we can be like this is the standard of womanhood mm-hmm. what is a woman a woman is a female that has dedicated her life to first understanding and second carrying out her responsibilities to herself, mm. her family, and her community. And, and what are these characteristics so that we can hold each other accountable and we can be like, okay, sis, we talked about this. This is not, you're not living your best life. You're not living to who you truly are. And you need to be better. Why? Because we're all depending on you to be better. You can't continue down these habits and we let you have a ripple effect. And then you influence the next couple of girls. Mm. Because we all are on a platform whether we like it or not. Somebody's always watching Watching, us no matter if we like it or not. So when we talk about our responsibility to young girls, it's like, what are you doing in your personal life? So when you go out into the public, you're not sending those certain negative signals to young girls. You know what I mean? Little black girls are looking at how I'm going to wear my hair, how I'm going to dress, how I'm going to look, how do I interact with little boys, how do I interact with my mom, how do I interact with other girls. They're watching you, and however you respond, 
they're going to respond the same way right. because I like her mm. and she's cool. I'm going to be just like her. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. And so celebrities have a, a influence Huge. and an impact. Yeah. And they want to get, they going to grab hold on, on them. Mm. So good or bad. So if we want to counter that, we got to be at that same level to know that, all right, I got to combat whatever negativity is mm. coming on. This is what, I, this is what I must do. There's no right. other, there's no other ifs, ands, buts about it, mm. you know? Yeah, so. it's so funny because even today, I was um, I had went to a, a high school and I was talking to a group of kids about um, black history. Well, I, my message was I am black excellence. Mm-hmm. So talking to them about that. Um, and at the end, I had talked to this little girl and she was telling me um, when they had read my bio, they had said I was Miss Morgan. Mm-hmm. And she had pulled me to the side and she was basically saying, like, my dream has always been to um, go to college and become an HBCU cream like that's my biggest thing and to me it just meant so much because it was like you know when I was in high school I don't need like maybe I knew there was HBCU queens but I didn't really know what it is so the fact that this young girl that we have no idea has been watching us miles away and um she had brought up one of my sister queens Anta and she was like you know do you know Anta and I was like yeah you know she was my sister queen she was Miss Maroon and White when I was Miss Morgan and she was I was like okay like you know her that's your mentor and she was like no I just know her from social media and that's a Mm. that's a six-year age gap this girl don't even know that she's watching her but I just bring that up to say you know we have these young kids that are fantasizing that that are looking at us and like wow my biggest goal in life is to do that you know as far as where they are right now in their life so it's so important for us you know as women to educate ourselves and to carry ourselves at the highest light you know what I mean and carry yourself to the best of your ability because the reality is you never know who's watching and like Mm -hmm. you know answer she's a phenomenal woman she's about her business she's always on social media like getting to work preaching a good message but imagine if she wasn't you know Mm -hmm. imagine if she like what's up bitches like I'm a hot girl and you know what's up like Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and this young girl's looking up to her then it's like okay bet I'm gonna go and I'm gonna be a hot girl and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with being a hot girl like you have to define your own hot girl you know what I mean but when I bring that up it's just a matter of carrying yourself to a certain standard having standards for the way that you carry yourself yeah 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 and I'm yeah go ahead and I think another thing is knowing the trauma that these young girls are going through yeah. just from even what we have been through when yes. we were younger like yeah. I remember having an event at Morgan and a, a lot of young girls most likely in middle school they came and the traumas that they were talking about from being molested to being raped to being in foster homes you know, jumping all around to not even knowing who their family members are, like all of these traumas that these young ladies addressed in that event. And mind you, they were brave enough to talk about this in front of so many people, which I definitely commend. Um, And so in society, what we have going on today is these young women who are going through these traumas and then looking up to women who they shouldn't necessarily be looking up and idolizing at that. Um, to kind of figure out who they are and find that, their identity. Mm-hmm. So I say that to say um, or ask you for young women or even us because our childlike self is always in us yeah. and our childlike self is our, always operating because from the age of zero to 14, that is how our subconscious mind is developed. So how do you, how do women get that strength to want to heal their inner child and all that trauma that they've been through? Yeah. I think it goes back to what I was saying before. Like, first, wanting to do that, sometimes to take people to hit rock bottom mm-hmm. or just a certain experience a or just, yeah. you know, or a role model or just seeing a different point of view. Mm. So I think 
to get young girls to even get to that point, mm. we have to be the ones that do know how to be, have to really hold other women accountable and can't be scared mm. to call out BS for BS. You mm. know what I mean? Because a lot of times we want to tiptoe around how we should be acting mm. and that's preventing other young girls from having that, you know, pivotal life experience because everybody is tiptoeing around the truth. So we got these young girls looking like, I don't know... And then they have to go do life making the same mistakes we make. Mm. Unless we co- be strong enough to be like, no, sis, that's not right. And deal with all the consequences and, and things that may come with that. Mm. But it's all worth it at the end of the day mm. if somebody's life is impacted. Mm. But too often we condone, we ashe, and we basically, you know, continue on clapping it up for people that are doing a complete disservice to our community. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Women that might have all the the pop the influence the friends um the likes and we be like well saying something to her may make me look like a hater or may give me some type of pushback but at the end of the day it's bigger than you at this point too many young girls are going through too many things for us not to say something about what's right and what's wrong Mm -hmm. you know so at the least we can do is call out what's wrong call out what's wrong with what's going on in our community and once we see it not being afraid because and that's why we had to develop in our in our personal selves what's right and get ourselves right because the reason why we don't do that sometimes is because we feel like we are a hypocrite because I can't say something to her because I got stuff going on. Mm-hmm. When well don't have stuff going on then, you know what I mean? And so then more people that are whole can call out and help the more people to get whole. You know what I mean? But we too busy basically like hiding each other's insanities mm-hmm. and the cycle continues. Mm-hmm. It's like we just got to stop it at the door, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and that's why when you, when I was joining today, it was like, sis, period. You got to like, stop. You got to yeah. stop that. Mm-hmm. That's done, you know? Like, and that just gave me an awakening. Like, wow. Like, no, who's holding people accountable today? Nobody. Nobody it's like, man. do you, you know what I mean? I can't judge you. You your own woman. You your own man. Who are putting these, what's a man? What's a woman? Who is putting these labels? And who is telling you that this person is a man? This person is a woman. Maybe this person is a grown girl. You know what I mean? An overgrown boy. You know what I mean? And so we putting these titles on people and it's like, these people aren't even living up to the standards that's beneficial to us. Mm -hmm. So we shouldn't be condoning this. We shouldn't be stamping approval. We need to dissociate from those behaviors. And so then people can be like, this is real. This is not real. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? This is what it means to be cool. This is not cool. Because everybody that's doing the wrong things is putting it on front street. So Mm -hmm. why not put the right on front street and be like, look, now we can let the children decide what's going on. Mm -hmm. You know? Because it's too often that the ones that are on the big stage is the ones that's the ones that's causing the most chaos in our community, you know? So so what do you say about the people who say there needs to be balance? Because a lot of people make the point of there needs to be balance. There needs to be a Meg Thee Stallion. And there needs to be an Asada Shakur, you know, and that creates balance. And so what is your opinion on saying there needs to be that type of girl who's being a hot girl and drinking and twerking and doing it? Do you, what's your opinion on that? What's your thoughts? My thoughts on that is one, okay, the thing about where we are now is that it's not a healthy balance. What it is right now is a it's a 80% negative and a 20% positive, yeah. you know what I mean? If it was 
80% positive and maybe a little bit. It would be more children growing up to be the positive. But it's the complete opposite. So mm-hmm. you're going to birth the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. So it's not like there's a balance anyways. Mm-hmm. And so I think the things also that we may consider a part of our culture is trauma that's being passed down. We haven't laid out what's real black culture. You know what I mean? What comes from us and what we should honor and protect and love. We just condone things that people do that are popular. And it's like, what if that's not us? What if that's not how we behave? And what if that's not how we should behave and could it should pass on? Culture is a serious thing. Culture develops people and create habits and thoughts and beliefs. And that shouldn't be taken lightly because if we do, then anything goes. And then if we don't create a culture, it's like, well, anything can kind of come in and, you know, we it's can kind of work work them we are just work like puppets and Mm, that's what's happening we can get in hollywood or we can just attach ourselves to other people groups and then we can just latch on and we just become them Mm. it's like we don't have no cultural ground and no cultural base to say that this is us even with even with our beauty you know what i mean like everybody can come in and let's say put on bantu knots and call it you know vogue buns or something Mm, like that and that's because we have no power and control over what we condone Mm. And so it's no healthy balance of afros to lace fronts. It's just that it's an overabundance of lace fronts. It is not, and it's black girls that literally don't want to wear their hair. You know mm. what I mean? It's not, people say, well, I just like the versatile looks. It's like, you're not just liking versatile looks. You only really have a preference to one and you're scared of the other. Mm. And so that's the situation. And yeah. I feel like we need to have real, real black people conducting themselves in real culture and then see how that plays out. Mm. Because otherwise, it's just going to be a bunch of chaos covering itself as black culture. And that's not what it is. You right. know? So if you can have a conversation with a one on one conversation with Meg right now, what would that conversation be? Oh, that, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, are you a fan of her or? I'm not a fan of Made the Silent. Mm. I know a lot of people are a fan of Made the Stylin, but the people that Hollywood and the industry produce is not necessarily beneficial. The stuff she talks about in her music, I don't even know if she lives. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's like when you have these people that are rappers and singers talking about these things in their music, they may not even live. Yeah, you that's know? A big thing. So maybe I would ask her, do she actually live out the things she's t- teaching? Because you literally have girls singing your songs and wanting to be a hot girl and all this stuff. Do you behave like that? Are you even in a relationship? And if you're in a relationship, are you doing a thing? Because I know your relationship is not going to be healthy and whole if you're living out the things that you're rapping and singing about, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's 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 the most frustrating thing. It's like, let's say Meg the Styling is this really nice and sweet girl and it's just like, portray that then. You know, mm. you don't have to portray something that's going to get you a million likes because of the money. And it's like, where, where, that's where your principles come from. You know what I mean? That's where your passions come from. It shouldn't be that I'm going to just sing and rap whatever gets me to bag. Right. You know, that's how your morality and your mm. character gets kind of demonized. You right. become a whole completely different person. And the longer you in that field, because made the style may have come in really, you know, cool. And then you come out like... I don't even know who she Different is anymore. Yeah. That's probably what happened with Kodak Black, Lil yeah. Wayne, you know, all these people that was like, that music was good in the beginning, but I don't know what happened because you get so used to making songs for the money, you yeah. know? And you get less and less doing it for you, what you're what you really passionate about, you know? Right. Making songs that's going to really speak to whoever your audience is. And so I feel like 
Maybe you should, I would ask Meg the Stallion, what is her core beliefs? And is it in contradiction with what you're saying? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Do you really believe that? Do you really feel that? Mm -hmm. And if you had a daughter, would you teach her what these songs are saying? You yeah. know? She, so. I, you know, I don't dislike Meg or anything like that. And it blows me. She actually just came out with this new song. I don't know the name of it, but the beginning of the song goes, I'd rather be a B-I-T-C-H because that's what you're going to call me when I'm tripping anyway. And it's something she's pretty much talking about, like the nigga's going to call you a bitch. So it's like, I'd rather be that. And it's sick because I know we kind of talked about this before, like how music is so powerful because for me, the um the rhythm of the beat and like the the tone of the beat had me like yeah, bumping, yeah. but I'm like, what am I saying right now? This is not even okay. Yeah. So yeah, that stuff yeah. is very powerful. That's yeah. the power of music. Yeah. yeah, that's the power of music. And that's the thing we don't control the our own music, music industry. Yeah. So yeah. maybe if a, a person that's gifted like make this out that had this talent for music, yeah, probably would have went a completely different way if she mm -hmm. had other people that was going to cater her career you know mm, yeah. but you have people that are coaching her and talking to her and like well this is going to sell you know what i mean this is going to be the radio hit mm. maybe she have a whole bunch of different songs that she may have wanted to put out and you hear that story constantly all time and time again mm -hmm. but she maybe can't dictate what goes out and what can go out right and that's the yeah. sad part you know what mm -hmm. i mean because a lot of musicians come out and they have these songs and these ambitions and then they get there and they're like Oh well, they said that this is about to be the radio hit, mm -hmm. you know, and they, and then they turn into this completely different person, and that's why you have so many celebrities really depressed, committing suicide yeah. on drugs because they're chasing chasing the money, chasing the fame, they're losing themselves at the same time mm -hmm. because you can't be one way and preach the other. Right. Soon something is going to die in you, you know, yeah. and I don't want that to happen to. You know, someone as young and that have a bright future like make the styling. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But it seems as though the more songs is coming out, the more it's like, I literally can't listen to this. You know what I mean? It's literally disrespectful to me. Yes, you know what I mean? A lot of people want to call themselves feminists and be on this women empowerment stuff. But the first thing you got to do is respect women. You know what I mean? Mm. The first thing you got to do is respect the body. You know what I mean? And and they'll use the word like bitch now. It's just to basically say that women, we are a commodity. Period. Yeah. And to highlight that and promote that, we already disrespected as black women. I can't condone that. Mm. I can literally not condone that because to do that is to kill whatever whatever light or future or um, power we have as women. Mm. You know, I love that. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to backtrack mm -hmm. a little. One thing that you talked about um, was respecting our body, mm -hmm. and then a little bit before you had talked about understanding the balance between your sexuality yeah. and your femininity, and like what's too sexy, what's not sexy yeah. enough. So can we dig into that? Yeah, I think you know, and that's one of the things I struggle with. You know, yeah. Like I said, I didn't have a mom that to, that taught me how to dress and like as I'm growing up and maturing, how to really express myself and that part of myself when I'm in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So sometimes as women, we may grow up in a really religious household where that part of ourselves is not expressed at all or even killed. So we either go hard and go completely but wild or we just don't express it at all. And some sometimes that really don't attract men to us. Mm -hmm. Or we had no guidance and we become extremely loose and crazy and that don't attract men either. It's like, sexuality is supposed to be this blossoming thing of a flower like maturing and it happens in a way where 
your femininity is at this like heightened, but it's not a femininity that's freakish. It's like yeah. or like um or like um perverted. Mm. It's a sensuality that is very complementary to masculinity and what that looks like. And sometimes as women, we don't know what attracts things to um men. Mm. And men don't always know what attracts things to us, but we but we say something or see something in a man and be like, that look good. And the men be like, you like that? Yeah. I didn't even know you like <laughs> yeah. that. But it's certain things in us that if we had healthy role models, men and women in relationships, they can tell us that, you know what I mean? do this you know what i mean like put on have smells have you know what i mean always have your hair done don't walk outside with a bonnet you know what i mean don't be too baggy but don't be have the crotch out you know what yeah. i mean one of the things that i mentioned at my sister's dinner i'll go over the five senses of beauty mm. and so wow. is when you wake up in the morning you go over these five senses so that you checking off you know am i am i right in that sight smell taste um, hearing and touch. And so the touch would be, am I moisturized? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If somebody want to hold my hand, is it too rough? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Am I really thoroughly soft and, you know what I mean, no cracks? Like, am I moisturized? You know, smell being, do I smell good? Do I have the right perfumes on? And like, you know, if somebody come next to me, it's inviting. It's mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? You want to hug me. Mm-hmm. Guys are like, dang, like, she smell, you know what I mean, really good. Mm-hmm. And that, anything that awakens the senses make you want to like, pull pull in and um so that's touch that smell sight being am i dressing like somebody that's important because mm. sometimes we dress like we're not about to see each other you know what i mean we're not about to nobody about to look at us nobody's about to talk to us. i'm about to just run to the we dress like we just you know dress like you're beyonce you about to meet that guy you better have that meeting so when you Wake up in the morning, regardless if you're going anywhere, get yourself together, get yourself dressed, take a shower, brush your teeth, and groom yourself like you're important, right. you know? Important. So, what I say? Touch. I said smell. Smell. You said sight. sight. Here, here goes into our tone, because sometimes you got some women that take up too much space, it's overbearing and loud, and some women that are too soft and insecure so when you talk to people not just guys but girls talk at a tone that's a perfect volume on the speaker you know what i mean so that may you have to adjust it maybe in the morning you're not too loud you know what i mean mm-hmm. maybe in the afternoon you're a little bit louder than but some women don't know the appropriate tone to talk so they have this overbearing or insecure type of dialect that they naturally develop mm-hmm. and it just becomes like so off-putting with one another right and then taste, which is like a funny one, is eat like how you want to taste. And that can be taken a lot of different ways. Right, but true. health and fitness is very important. Yeah. So you need to develop all these five senses of beauty as you integrate yourself as a woman so that you can grow, develop really good habits, you know, and you won't be irresponsible when it comes to yourself and your grooming and how you conduct yourself and how you... um cater to yourself and so sometimes when you're thinking about sight and when you're thinking about taste you may think about redoing your closet and then as you redo your closet you develop your style and it may be you may have to lose a couple pounds or gain a couple pounds or how you may you may not like how your skin looks so that may be developing um a skincare program or different things that get you to where you want to be and you have to be honest with yourself and that develops confidence Mm -hmm. and trueness and realness and then that can be you know received when you have a daughter because Men are attracted to things naturally, 
and we are attracted to things naturally exactly. and that's always going to be there so the best thing you can do and tell your daughter is to not lie to her and be like well things shouldn't be the way it is you know what i mean things are there and it's like a woman want to be what men like yeah we want to be and we want to be men want to be what women like you know yeah. what i mean and so i think to be honest and tell women that this is what you need to do. This is going to make you feel good. This is going to give you your confidence. You know what I mean? You're going to feel extremely beautiful. And it's going to help you more as a woman. Develop things and see things that you never even experienced before. You know what I mean? But so many things are backwards. So we find little cheat codes in our sexuality. How we how we look. You know, we're doing the implants. You know what I mean? We're doing yes. all, these, all these little nips and tugs to kind of maneuver our way through what we should already be doing in our sexual life and our and our how we dress we cut in corners to make ourselves look good and 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 that's not giving us the true attraction that creates genuine men and women um connection Mm -hmm. you know so that's important to teach my um your daughter and i didn't get that necessarily from my mom because i think Women, we hurt, you know what I mean? Yes. And we haven't got the proper training, so we want to just completely be like, F men and F... And it's not about men, because men want us to be attracted to them, too. You know what I mean? Right. They want us to tell them, like, does this look good? Is this cool? Like, you know? So, I don't think everything's all bad. I think that we just have to be honest with one another and just be like, sis, that's that's not cool. You know, that's very powerful. Yeah. Everything yeah. you said today was very powerful. Yes, you're amazing. I'm excited yes. for you to be a mom and a wife. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, but everything was so powerful, and I'm so glad that we had you here on this podcast. And I know a lot of people are gonna love yes. this episode. This might be my favorite one. Um, yes, that's right. Yes, for oh, sure. Thank so, you. Thank tell you. everybody where they can find you. Tell them a little bit more about. So, for example, if they do want to attend the dinner, how mm-hmm. they can do that, how they can find it. Um, yeah. Okay. yeah, I have to come. I promise okay. you to come at least one. Yes. Okay, yeah. So you can find me on IG at Tendaya underscore Ta. Tendaya, T-E-N-D-E-A underscore T-A. Tendaya underscore Ta. Or you can go to our organizational page, Tendaya Family, T-E-N-D-E-A Family. Um, we do a community cleanup every Saturday from 9 to 11. So that's where I will be tomorrow. We do a Black History Discussion Forum every Sunday from 2 to 5. We do a community workout every Monday from 5.30, no, 6.30 to 8.30. Um, and I host a sister's dinner every Wednesday at the UB Blake Center from 5.30 to 8.30. And we dig deep and go into many different topics about womanhood, some very intense and emotional and some very light. It just depends on what the topic is on the day. So and I, if they were, I'm sorry to cut you off. Mm-hmm. If they were wanted, wanted to come to the dinner... Um, Will they have to hit you up or should they just show up? They can just show up. They can hit me up. You know, either way, it's always open, you know. So, it's always going to be right now. If it don't change, it's always going to be at the UB Blake Center. Um, Otherwise, you know, if there's anything changes, it'll be posted on my social media for everybody to, to know. Yes, so y'all heard it here, and I am Joy Jolene, and my Instagram is at J-O-Y-J-O-E-L-E-N-E. Okay, and I'm Britt. My Instagram is according to Britt, and that's with three T's, and make sure you follow our podcast page, Official Back to Her, and that too is the number two. See ya. Bye.